Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Okay, let's go. I know I'm coming. Hi, you guys. Welcome to another episode of the podcast that, uh, well, I guess, according to several of you, might share a little too much. <laughs> Hi guys, I'm Pat Bulger in the Pack Village Studios. How are you guys? Yes, I'm glad to hear. Even though I didn't listen. Um, you guys, before I get into things, you know, thanks for the. Oh man, this song caught me there. Well, let's bring it down a little bit anyway. There we go. Hey, thanks you guys for the numerous iTunes ratings. I don't know what's been going on lately. Maybe it's just the. The frequency of things or something like that. But you guys are being like nice or something like that. And I, I, either I'm fooling you people or you guys just like laughing at my recent health issues. I do truly appreciate that. And a lot of email concerns about that too. So that, you know, people saying, wow, Pat stopped talking about cycling all the time. And now he's sharing with us some information that I don't know if we want. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm here for you guys. Um, in my last episode, I did talk about some of my my little personal issues. <laughs> I do have to say, the follow up doctor visits haven't exactly been awesome. I think I'm convinced. I'm, I'm convinced of the fact that I am the person that has either it's my doctor or it's me. I think they're going to just start bringing in medical students into the room or something like that because they they need to show the medical students the patient that apparently can't collect or connect or catch anything normal. My doctor never knows what's wrong with me. I don't have any of the major issues I thought I had earlier. I don't have anything worse. Uh, 
I think I just bruised myself, you know? I, I just... And I'm always... As a cyclist, maybe you guys are the ones you can understand this with me. Maybe you guys run into the same situations when it comes to healthcare and and being a bike rider. I hate going to the doctor for the main reason that I think as soon as I get there, something embarrassing is going to happen. And then as soon as that's over, they're going to look at me. They're going to say, well, we're not 100% sure what's wrong with you. You should probably stop riding your bike. Because that's what happens. And so I don't want to go to the doctor. And then my wife looks at me and says, I'm going to die before I'm 50. You know, just this, because that's her style. That's how she, how she envisions my future. I think I might need to find a doctor older than myself, too. I went to high school with the current guy who's taking care of me. Nothing like a prostate exam from a guy you know took choir and would rather be in a rock band than uh, doing what he's exactly doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, pa- uh, podcast. Hi, everybody. I <laughs> I just I wanted to get that off my chest because I had several people emailing me about the, the issues I spoke about in the last show. I promise everything's going to be okay as long as I stop writing, right? Shit. Hey, big thanks to the show sponsors. I got to got to mention those guys a lot of good people and some new people involved all right so let's get this into the show and get this going before we get to our interview of this episode um now that i've finished talking about my personal problems let's thank the suffer fest of course the tour of sufferlandria starts this very weekend get your shit together you guys get out there get the videos and uh, get involved with a really cool online community a really cool challenge and a really great cause that it's involved for Davis Finney Foundation for Parkinson's Research is receiving all the donations, all the entry fees from the entire event, and that's pretty darn cool. Um, It's a great great cause and uh, great people involved, Davis and Connie Carpenter Finney, and of course Taylor Finney, named after Major Taylor. If you don't know who Major Taylor is... You're not allowed to listen anymore. So um, click on the link on packfiller.com, get over to Sufferfest, find out about it. It is not too late to sign up. And uh, some of the prizes they've got are absolutely epic. Absolutely epic. Bikes, uh, indoor trainers, uh, jerseys signed by pros who don't have motors in their bikes, in their seat tubes, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, the Sufferfest is where you can find it all. And um, you'll be addicted once you find it. Once you get involved. Once you're part of that group. My level's really low. They seem a little low. I'm going to bring it up a little bit. Just a little bit. Of course, continuing with the sponsors, thanks to Road ID. Keep your identity out there, you guys. No, this isn't like the bad identity. This is the good one. This is the one that when you can't answer for yourself, you've got that fancy little bracelet on your wrist that tells everybody who you are, where you are, and what needs to be done in order to keep you alive and the people that need to be contacted. Road ID, click on the link. And speaking of links, new sponsor, you guys. That was my drum roll. We got a little bit of a, 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 a slow starting partner, partnership with the folks over at Man Can. I know what you're thinking, Man Can. What is a man? Pat, aren't you a man can? I'm going to open up the can of whoop ass man can. Man Can is a personal sized 
keg-style growler. I know you're a beer drinker if you listen to this show. It fits into your fridge, travels anywhere. Keep your beer, I'm reading from prepared text, brewery fresh for the life of the beer. Like a keg, it is stainless steel and can be pressurized with a tap system, you guys. I don't know about you, you fill a growler, you bring it home, you're still... I'm terrified to open it because I do like beer, but I can't drink the whole thing in a sitting. I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to that. And it, besides, I, I want to keep my girlish figure going. So um, this thing has the tap systems with the CO2. You can take it where you go. Great beer in it. You can pick your own beers. It's not like you go. I have to go out and buy a keg for a couple hundred bucks. It's not a keg. It's not a growler. It's a man can. Thanks to those guys for being involved. There is a link on the website. Stay tuned for our partnership with, with Man Can. Thanks, you guys, for being over. Or at least letting me post a link. I'm so poor. Oh, there we go. So, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, right? First of all, if you follow cyclocross, you know the unfortunate headline. I mentioned it a little bit earlier. Nice, some jackhole who won't be named was busting for mechanical doping. If you don't know about this, I will sum up. Let's go with this. Jackhole of the week. Okay, there we go. Using a motor to help, it's called mechanical doping. All right, it's this nice little seat tube inserted motor that you, you drop down there. It's electrically powered, actually propels the crank arms forward. I'm sure you've heard about this. If you haven't, you, you, you need to get out of that cave. Little press button on your handlebars buried within the handlebar tape. Next thing you know, you got quite a bit of watts at your assistance. Um, uh, a fine Belgian cyclist, female Belgian cyclist, caught with one of these bad boys in her top tube, in her seat tube this weekend at the World Cyclocross Championships. She claimed. It wasn't mine. It was a friend's. I was just carrying it for a friend. Now, she's saying, I sold one of my bikes to a friend who brought it to the race, who the mechanic got mixed up with one of my bikes and put it into the pit so I could race with it. Right. Right. I can't believe cycling's continuing to make headlines for all the wrong reasons. These little motors barely can produce some pretty good watts. And maybe that's why, you know, shit, we're seeing pros changing bikes before hills, before the finish, after some tough segments and things like that. It's frustrating. All I know is, I think I want one. <laughs> I want to try one out. Don't you? I don't want to race with it, per se. But it would be really nice on some of those death march rides, you know, when you're doing in the spring, you're going out to get miles, and you go out and you run out of food, you, just, you don't have any money, your cell phone dead, you can't remember your own name, just to click that little button and have the pedals turn over for you on the way home. Wouldn't that be great? Think about beer runs, you guys. You could motor all the way to the pub, fill your growler, and barely lose your buzz on the way home. I think I want one. I'm serious, too. But they're probably really expensive. They were saying that they're testing, the UCI is testing them by putting a magnet to your to your bottom bracket or something like that. 
if I'm on a steel bike, can I get away with it? Hmm, there you go. Apparently, there's some wheels with like magnets within them that can actually generate watts and self-propel themselves. So it's amazing time we live in, isn't it? People can cheat without using a needle. You can be afraid of hypodermic needles and still cheat. It's a beautiful time, people. It's a beautiful time. So that's my first Jack Hole of the Week. Second, I do want to talk about one more Jack Hole of the Week. Something that's come to my attention a little bit lately. And I've been seeing it quite a bit in Facebook, on discussions of events, kind of like the Tour of Sufferlandry, and even on Zwift. There's a Zwift group that I'm a member about, with on Facebook that kind of is anti this sort of a thing. I'm going to call this person the over-serious online guy. The guy who whines, the guy who complains, who critiques others on their knowledge base, like you're some fucking genius who's been around since, you know, Poopoo Polidwa won, you know, he actually, I think Poopoo Raymond was, was a perpetual second if he was. Well, I'm sure there's somebody out there screaming at their podcast telling me he was wrong. Chauvin, I'm looking at you. Don't even text me on this one. Or I'll call you the over-serious online guy brags about their numbers, you know, their power, their watch, their all this kind of shit. I've been seeing a lot of it lately about people complaining and doing all this kind of stuff and ragging on other people and saying, that's it, I'm fucking leaving this group. Please, sir or madam, although it is rarely women, I do find, do us all a favor and STFU. We know you consider yourself one sprint finish away from a pro contract, but please, for those of us who are just here to have fun, learn something new and get involved, and in my case, burn off the last case of IPA, please do us a favor and go fuck yourself. Facebook is not a place for being a dick. It's actually, it's a place for being an asshole. They're two different things. So please, don't bring your dick to my asshole. Wait, I mean, oh, oh well. If you're tired of people asking about how to get ready for the Tour of Sufferlandria, turn off your notifications. If you aren't sure people are riding hard enough on Zwift or not, ride harder and then just go off into the distance. If you pine for the good old days when your online group hadn't yet sold out, quote-unquote, like your opinion of most good rock bands, put on your hairnet. Get on your Brooks saddle and pedal your beatons all the way as far as you can go. I just, and I probably pronounced beatons wrong. Bidons, beatons, bidons, bidons. It's water bottles, okay? I'm feeling Frank from the Velominati is going to be mad at me on that one. He's allowed to call me out on that one. All right, Chauvin, you are too. If you spent more time training than typing online douche, you might just be faster. If you spent more time passing on the knowledge you have rather than ridiculing others for not having it, there might be more good bike riders out there. You aren't fighting the problem, you dickhead. You are the problem. There. I had to get those two people off my chest. I've been dealing with those this weekend. Haven't been able to ride for squat. I'm angry. My doctor, you know, tells me 
he hasn't told me anything yet. So that's the thing that's killing me the most is, is do I, you know, yes, I'm back to talking about my health. This show is about me. Um, back to talking about that. And so I'm being extra precautious and not spending a whole lot of time in the saddle. I'm doing derby stuff. I'm doing all that kind of stuff. But man, that clock is ticking. I really want to get it there. All right. I'll get off my soapbox. You guys don't come here to listen to me. You come here to listen to the guests on the show, haven't you? You do. I'm just the necessary evil of the first 20 minutes of the show. So let's get to it. Today's guest, 10 questions. I got a chance to talk with the main guy behind what I would consider a dream trade show, as well as what I would call the builder of beauty. Guy's name is Don Walker. If you haven't heard of him, you're about to, all right? He's the host to one of cycling's great parties, and we're going to talk about that party and the creator of Rolling Works of Art. Don Walker is also building a beautiful bike for some people I know, and I found him, and I found out about the show he produces and creates, and not only did I think it would be an interesting interview for you guys here as members of the Pack Filler, damn it, I was right. Without further ado, 10 questions. Don Walker of Don Walker Cycles. questions with right in case you guys didn't know i've been riding bikes for a long time right from the first days my dad let go and i was free to the countless miles since cycling's become a way of life for me and i'm sure for many of you out there uh one thing i hope we can all agree on is the beauty of our tool of our passion the bicycle uh hopefully you've had the opportunity to appreciate what i truly feel is the pinnacle of that object of beauty the hand-built bicycle. It's not just uh, a special occasion retro tool for fixies and men over the age of 50. No, it's a uh, ride unlike any other, both visually and physically, built by artists. And I know I may may be pushing that into the boundaries for some of you who haven't appreciated it, but hopefully today's guest will help you understand that. He's one of those artists. uh, Not only has he been building bikes for a heck of a long time, he's also the main guy behind the North American Handmade Bicycle Show coming up really soon, February 26th to the 28th in Sacramento. Please welcome to the show, Builder Don Walker. How are you, man? Hey, I'm great, Patrick. Thanks for having me. No, not a problem. Hey, before we even get off, I got to I gotta let you, let you know here. As a steel aficionado, I'm really excited to finally get a builder on the show, especially one who knows what he's doing. You guys tend to be, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not bashing you, you, tend to be a somewhat solitary breed from the ones I've gotten to know over the years. Um, do you find that the case? Are you guys kind of loners, or is it a rebel thing? <laughs> That's a great question. And, <laughs> and honestly, I, I've, I've had several discussions with a, a good close friend of mine. Uh, I'm not sure if you know uh, Brett Horton from uh, the Horton Collection. The, okay. Uh, you know. Are you familiar with the Horton collection of the vintage cycle posters and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brett's a great guy, and, 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 you know, Brett's ordered a lot of custom bikes through the years, and and we've had this great conversation. Numerous occasions, it keeps circling back to frame builders. And, and, you know, I I have the hardest job on earth because I have to get all these guys together for one weekend a year. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, and, and, and they're... A lot of them really do have some interesting personalities. They are kind of loners that, you know, they don't really want to leave their shop and go out and be social because they're, they're really very artistic. And, and Brett kind of, you know, chimed in and said, you know, 
you know, these guys are probably unemployable in any other industry. (laughs) So it's, yeah, the personalities, you know, when you're talking about perfectionism and artisan and stuff like that, yeah, there there really is, you know, a, a lot of words you could use to describe them, but um, unemployable in any other industry wasn't really <laughs> what, what I was expecting him to say, but uh, it, it was, uh, you know, a, a great conversation, you know, many laughs were had upon that, uh, you know, uh, uh, phrase, but uh, yeah, they're 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 definitely a, a breed apart. I was wondering, um, I was wondering it, it, if it, flux fumes had some sort of a sedative nature on people or something like that from breathing that stuff in. But uh, you know, it's it it goes across the board, though. Yeah, it it, it really does, and, and and you know, frame builders really are different. I mean, you, you get guys that are more social, but you know, they they really have a tendency to kind of be by themselves in their shop. I mean. We really, you know, unless you work for a big company that, you know, has several employees making bikes, for the most part, we're really just one-man shops, and, yeah. and that's what we're used to. We're used to just, you know, going into the shop, either turning on the radio or, you know, uh, putting, you know, NPR on or something like that. So, I mean, we're, we're just listening as we work. Um, you know, occasionally, you know, I, I live kind of, you know, outside of Louisville, Kentucky now, um, and occasionally... I'll have somebody stop by. But when, when I had my shop in uh, Indianapolis, you know, I mean, I was having, you know, maybe two or three visitors a day stop by, you know, yeah. and watch me work and, you know, talk to me and stuff like that. So it was a little more social there. But, you know, uh, here it's, you know, because I'm just a little bit out in the country, it's, you know, it's, it, visitors aren't as prevalent. So I'm not sure about every other, you know, builder's uh, situation. But, yeah, for the most part, we really are by ourselves. Well, so it's kind of kind of funny, but yeah. you know, probably not by design. Well, I've gone across the board. I've met people who've who've you know gone from a complete recluse, you know, shut the light off, you know, Kleenex boxes on their feet, to um, you know, you know, much more pleasant people to be around and stuff like that. One of them's a good friend of mine, thing like that, you know. And and now here I have a guy like you who's not only willing to talk about it, you're willing to talk about it on a podcast here. So what got you into all this, first of all, can I ask? Where, where, now, did you come from a, a, a racing background, and, and how did that transition go into, I like it so much, I actually want to build these things? Well, you know, funny you should ask, because I, I remember um, I started racing back in 1981, and uh, I raced, you know, uh, back in the category when it was still intermediate, yeah. Uh, when I was, I think I was 14 years old when I started. Um, so and that, a few years later, it just, you know, all became juniors. But yeah, intermediate yeah. was still the category then. Uh, and, you know, just kind of grew up racing. And, um, you know, after high school, went off and, and got a blue collar job, uh, pounding rivets on the B-1 bomber. Um, so I became an aircraft structures mechanic. But the seed was kind of planted early on. There was a, a, an issue of, I believe it was Bicycling Magazine, that was talking to a guy that actually, you know, built his own frame. You know, it was like a big, long interview. I think it was like 1981, 82, something like that. And he was talking about how he did it out of aluminum and, and everything. And I was like, oh, man, I want to do that. I want to build my <laughs> own bike. So that seed was planted relatively early in, in my cycling career, so to speak. And it just, you know, uh, I don't know, just... Years go by, um, you know, and working uh, in Southern California on the uh, B-1 bomber and, uh, you know, the 
I decided, you know, hey, it's time to, you know, start riding a bike again instead of working 12 to 14 hours a day, which is kind of the norm in the uh, aircraft industry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, once the overtime stopped, that's when you can actually decide, you know, not decide, but you actually get to have a life again. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of guys up in Seattle, you know, that feel the same way that work at Boeing going, God, man, he, that guy's right. You know, 12 hours a day is the norm. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, but, uh, at any rate, so, um, got back in the, um, you know, in the saddle and, you know, this time, uh, a few, you know, like I said, a few years go by and, and so I'm married and, you know, whoops, uh, going to have a child. So I was like, well, there's no way I can really race now. Uh, because there's, you know, there's no guy that, you know, has a full-time job and a newborn <laughs> and time to train. That just ain't going to happen. A newborn that so, is going to learn his name, that's for sure. You know, the kids, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, re- I decided to kind of, you know, well, I want to stick with a sport. Uh, maybe now's the time to, uh, you know, look into, you know, building frames. And so uh, there was a, a guy, because I was, you know, Southern California, and there was a guy uh, that was in a bike shop actually across the, the, the uh, way from the uh, aircraft plant that I was working at. Uh, named Al Wanta. And, you know, I went in, was talking to him a couple times, you know, and asking a lot of questions. He says, hey, sounds like you have a, a real keen interest in frame building. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about it for quite some time. He goes, well, how would you like my old jig? And I go, man, I, I don't have the money for that. And he goes, no, 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 I'm not going to sell it to you. I'm going to give it to you because I just got a brand new Henry James jig. So I'll give you my old one. And that was how the seed was planted. And that's, uh, that's, it, as they say, I believe. So that wow. was, I think, 1990. Okay. I mean, I, I got to give you a little bit of background on, on myself here, too. I'm a, I'm a, I've been riding, I've been racing about as long as you have. Um, I am a, a diehard steel junkie. I am looking around my, my room right now, and there are three steel bikes in the room, uh, an old Davidson Impulse, a uh, new elephant from a guy here local, and an old other bike that I don't know if he's around anymore by a guy named uh, Gary Selner, uh, Harry Gary. So I'm a huge steel fan. But for our listener who doesn't understand the art and artistry that goes into it, what makes a handmade bike so special? Well, I, it depends on who you ask, but I, I kind of have this, this philosophy of what a handmade bike is. And a handmade bike uh, is any bike that is constructed by uh, what you would consider, um, I don't want to use the phrase handmade, but the traditional methods, i.e., you know, you can uh, maybe use a machine to miter your tube or drill your tube for water bottle bosses, that's fine, but, you know, you put it into a fixture, you... uh, you know, uh, tack it, weld yeah. it, you know, uh, braze it, whatever, you know, lug it, a- any of those joining, you know, methods uh, are, are, are fine because they're the traditional methods. You know, primarily it used to be all um, lug bikes, you know, which is oh, silver yeah. soldered or, or, you know, brass brazed or fillet brazed. Uh, and then uh, as technology kind of implemented into it, uh, TIG welding kind of came along, mm-hmm. and that's kind of an accepted norm as well for joinery. But it's not so, as pretty. It's not as pretty. Well, that depends on who you ask. I mean, I've seen some TIG welds that, uh, you know, made me uh, kind of excited. Okay. You know, okay. There's, there, there, there really is some guys out there that TIG weld, uh, and, and it really is art. I mean, they're each, when, you call, when you're welding a joint, a lot of guys call it laying dimes or stacking dimes yeah. or whatever. 
because each weld is, is just over, you know, lays over the next one. And it's at such a perfect interval, it looks like, you know, each, you know, one is absolutely perfect. So it's a, a seam going all the way around the tube. And the space in between, you, you know, the, the actual little pulses there is the same all the way around. If you, if you, if you got a guy that can do that, you've got a guy that's got, you know, some considerable amount of skill. So at any rate, but wow, the handmade okay. bike for me is, you know, using those traditional methods. Secondly, it's a handmade bike. If it's, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the phone rings, the builder picks up and takes the order and makes the bike to fill that order. That really is a handmade bike. Uh, there's factories that might, you know, construct bikes by the traditional methods, but they're all doing stock uh, sizes and stuff. And that may be true, a handmade bike as well, but the true handmade is where the order precedes the construction of the bike. So what kind of a rider is the person that should be the ultimate customer? Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. you, you know, I've, I've seen... You know, uh, people that say, I'm, I'm a weekend warrior. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to, you know, do the group rides. Uh, I've seen people go, uh, you know, I just want a bike to, you know, run to the store and grab uh, a gallon of milk and a thing of eggs so it's got to have a basket. <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've seen all kinds of different, you know, handmade bike orders. You really? know, people, you know, and that's the thing is whatever floats their boat, you know, whatever makes them happy. You know, we're willing to build. So I'm well, sure, not everybody. But, yeah. You know. Well, and and I'm sure you're going to run into it. And you know, I thought we, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, the the classic ongoing argument of that is now everywhere. Every coffee shop, you're going to hear it: steel versus carbon. Um, in terms of, you have the 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 weight fanatics who are convinced that that carbon's always going to have the weight benefits. You have the true steel riders who talk about the feel, who talk about. Um, just be, and I, I just keep using the word feel. It has a different feel than a, than a carbon bike does. Um, mm -hmm. how do, where do you go when somebody comes up to you and says, well, my, you know, my, my Trek Madone is this weight. Um, why should I go to steel? Well, you know, I, I ask, you know, the person, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to weigh it or are you going to ride it? <laughs> Thank you. You know, it's. It's, uh, it, you know, bikes are, are tools, you know, and they're meant to be, you know, used. Um, and sure, any, you know, I'm not looking to convert people that, you know, are, are on carbon fiber, although I have a few guys. Uh, case in point, there, there was a local guy here, Scott, uh, here in Louisville. And Scott, you know, had, had been into treks for quite some time. And, you know, he, he uh, has Madones. And... He finally was convinced by a mutual friend, hey, you know what? You really should just try getting something from Don. Let Don design your next bike. He's like, oh, okay, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll try it. And immediately after he got that bike, I mean, he was a completely different rider. And I say that in a very positive manner. He was zipping around. He was excited Every time he got on that bike, he had a huge smile. And, it, you know, he, and, and I said, what really to you is the difference? And he goes, it's just, he goes, it's lively feeling. Yeah. He goes, it accelerates faster. 
It's smoother on rough roads, you know. And this guy is all of, you know, 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, and weighs 140 pounds. Yeah. You know, he's not a big guy, but, you know, any guy that knows the difference at that size is going to go, wow. You know, and, and, it, and it really does make a difference, you know. So guys that, you know, uh, are, I guess are, are new to it, you know, uh, new enough anyway that, uh, that they haven't tried steel, should ultimately try it for at least a week and see what happens. You know, I'm not saying buy one, but if you've got a friend that, you know, has one that, you know, will loan you, go for it. Try it for a week. You see, know. see, see, see the difference. It's not necessarily a weight issue, you know, because none of us, I mean, let's face it, you, me, you know, a- anybody else, we don't have pro contracts. We, right. we don't, you know, we have to pay for our bikes. They're not given to us. We, we're not climbing Alp Duez trying to win a race. We're out there having fun. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And what's better than having fun on something that's been made for you? as opposed to just a stock bike. You just spoke to my perfect audience demographic, by the way, you know, and that's what, uh, you know, the, the show is about the people who aren't necessarily thinking they're a, a weeknight sprint away from, uh, you know, David Brailsford, Sir David calling up and asking, you know, when you'd like to come over and be with Sky. It's, it's, <laughs> it's about getting out there and, and doing it. And I agree with you 100%. You know, I'm just more or less putting this out for our listener because, and I agree with you, the difference in feel between, um, a bike that was that was just generically built, and I don't mean to insult the high-end uh, bicycle manufacturers, but that and then having one that was actually built to your measurements, I have very long leg. I mean, I have very short legs, but a very long torso. I can go out on a steel custom-built bike, and it's mine. It, it will always be mine, especially now that I'm yeah. old enough that I'm not growing, well, although I might be shrinking at a certain age, but... It's just a different deal, and and I I agree with you that it, you should at least try it, especially the weight weenies. Well, probably I don't know if you're going to win over the weight weenies, but I think steel's getting so light anymore that it can rival, can it? In your opinion? Well, I mean it it can and it can't. Uh, it it just depends, and and you know, and I say that it can't in the sense that you know I I don't use a stock set of tubes for each rider, and you know if if you're you know, uh, six foot tall, but 150 pounds, um, you know, of course I'm going to make something that's going to, you know, be lightweight for you and, and, and work well. But if you're, you know, five, five and, you know, 200 pounds, I wouldn't use the same tube set for both of those riders. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, you know, that, that's, that's like almost a recipe for disaster. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta, you know, uh, beef up, 
you know, the heavier riders, you know, the tubing. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, a durability thing. I mean, you, you don't want to, you know, for example, you don't want a, uh, a guy that's a professional bodybuilder or anything like that. <laughs> you, you don't want to put him on the lightest bike that you can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, an 18 to 20 pound bike is going to be fine for him because, you know, you know, if he's going to, you know, ride it a lot, that chances are he's going to rip that thing apart eventually. So, you know, go with a little heavier tube and make sure you got the durability factor. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I mean, anybody, I mean, nowadays, pretty much just about every bike is, you know, in, in steel is still under 20 pounds, God. depending, you know, regardless of who it's for. Yeah. You know, the componentry in the wheels, especially, is, has really helped make the weight come down in, in, in the modern bikes. So yeah, we're not we're not running Mavic GP4s anymore with a you know a thirty six hole. Or, I'm I'm running into what I still have lying here in the basement. But um, I, I oh, look, I wish we were though. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, those things were bomb proof, man. You could go. They, through they were. Yeah. They were. They really were. So, yeah. so love those things. So looking around your website, um, lot of off lot of offerings you you have up there. Every you know everything basically ex- excluding uh, mountain bikes. Are there any models in particular that attract more customers than other to your to your shop to your business and what you see overall um you know that's that's kind of a weird thing you know when i when i lived in indianapolis i was there for a little over four years i was making you know kind of a lot of track bikes yeah um you know because major taylor velodrome's right there uh and when i moved down here to louisville just a little over four years ago man i'll tell you what uh cyclocross is huge down here I mean, I, I've I've made more cyclocross bikes in the last four years um, than probably anything. I I, I I can't. I mean, nothing rivals it. I mean, it it's huge. I, I'm I'm probably making you know fifteen or twenty a year. Wow. You know, it's yeah. I mean, my team itself. I had at one point twenty two or twenty four riders on it. So, and that was you know over the course of two years. So that you know started off with about six guys and then grew, you know, by 18 more the next year. So, <laughs> uh, you know, so that, that's really taken off, but for whatever reason, this year, 2016 is the year of the track bike for me. Really? Uh, all of us. Yeah. All of a sudden, everything has kind of gone full circle. <laughs> Play on yeah. words there. <laughs> uh, and, and, and we're, you know, I'm back to doing track bikes. Gee. So, okay. Well, I'm up in the Northwest. Our, my, our closest track is Mary Moore and, uh, out in the Seattle area. Um, mm-hmm. A lot, huge cross scene around where I am. Also, I, it's, I see cross is gigantic right now. Um, but you're saying about track, and I have always wondered what the status of track is in the in the U.S. I don't get to the track enough, but it seems like it it ebb and flows. And sometimes when it ebbs, it is on the verge of of going away. I, I mean, I, I can only understand I, I guess what you guys are dealing with over there. But um, do you see a growth? You are seeing a growth in track then. Well, I, I'm, I'm building more track bikes. Yeah. I, I, you know, and a lot of them are for guys that are already riding track. So okay. they're, they're just looking to, you know, add another bike to their arsenal, um, or, or stable, if you will. Um, and so that, that, that's what I'm doing. Um, but you know, there's, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly the, the, the growth of the sport, you know, right now. I just know that for whatever reason, that's what everybody seems to be ordering. Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I don't take too many custom orders a year. 
you know, I, because of the NABS thing, I, I, I try to, uh, you know, stay focused on that for Absolutely. the majority of the year. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the, the cust- like I said, the customers that, that I've had, you know, so far for the deli- bikes delivered in, uh, 2016 have, that they've all been ordering track bikes. Wow. So, I and, I, and I like track bikes. So believe me, I love making track bikes. Oh, it's one of the cleanest looking things in the world. It's just, I've, I've always loved the look of it. Um, it's it's a thing of beauty. You have tandems. Do you sell very many of those? No, not really. I I love making tandems too, oh. uh, but I I don't sell very many of them. I've I've I, you know, <laughs> I put on my uh, my uh, business Facebook page for Don Walker Cycles. Hey, you know, taking taking orders for for 2016. You know, track bikes <laughs> and track tandems go to the front of the queue. Uh, but <laughs> but nobody's uh, you know nobody's taking me up on the track tandem. So I'm hoping. Maybe somebody, maybe one of your listeners uh, knows somebody at U.S. Paralympic or something and can oh, maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. hook me up with a couple of riders that, you know, need a tandem. You know, I'd, I'd love to help them out. Oh, I you know, Of course, not free. No, you know, but, no, no. Uh, I, if, I was, if I was independently wealthy, though, I probably would build it for free because I just love building bikes. Well, get on that, would you? Because um, my wife and I, I keep, I like to keep a happy marriage around here. And my wife and I do hop on the tandem whenever we can and... Uh, I would love a steel tandem someday. Oh my god! Just, but I'm I'm thinking about a road there. So, all right. Well, yeah. you know, you, well, you you know how to get a hold of me. Exactly. Well, let's switch gears and let's talk about the the show, um, North American sure. Handmade Bicycle Show. Um, first of all, tell me about where that all got its start. How long have you been involved with, and and what what's going on? <laughs> years and years and years ago. Actually, it was probably thirteen years now ago. Uh, there was a, uh, a list serve for frame builders. It was, it was frame builders at fred.org, but Fred was p- spelled P H R E D. And so they had the list serve and there was a lot of new guys coming up, uh, in 2003, 2004. And, you know, we'd all talked about it. Everybody said, you know, we really should just all get together and, you know, meet each other face to face and put, you know, uh, faces with names and, you know, kind of, you know, be, uh, the big brother to the new guys, you know, help them out, make sure they're not making the same mistakes and, and pitfalls that we all, you know, as experienced builders had fallen into, yeah. you know, like sponsoring racers, you know, Oh, <laughs> give it to me. I can't here. Let me, let me just give you a story. I'm originally from Sacramento. And when I was first starting out in, in, in 91, uh, I, or 92, 93, et cetera. I can't tell you how many Cat 4 pack fodder guys would come up and say, build me one for free and I'll ride it around and advertise for Yeah, it. yeah. By the way, they're and, pack filler. but That's why I named that this podcast is the name. So Ah, there you go. There you go. So, <laughs> so, so these guys, you know, I've heard oh, that phrase so many times that <laughs> the next guy that comes up and says it to me is going you know, to walk away with a bloody nose and a you know, busted lip or something. You know, so... Build me one for free, and I'll ride it around and advertise for you. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, at any rate, where, where was I going with it? I don't uh, know, but that was perfect. <laughs> that is perfect. Everybody, and I talk to guys in shops all the time, and they keep thinking every guy who is a lawyer, who's a triathlete on the weekend, suddenly wants to come in and get a special deal on his equipment. And it's like, are you kidding me? I'm trying to earn a living here. What are you doing to me? So anyway, I sorry I ran on that too. But we were talking about the show itself and uh, talking yeah, about giving right. guys okay, a, so, advice. So, so back to you know two thousand four. Uh, you know we were talking about getting together and everybody talked about it. 
And at the time I was living in Texas, uh, just another aircraft job and, you know, stuff like that. And, and I was like, well, you know what, I'll just grab the bull by the horns, uh, and, and, and see what happens. So I, uh, I, you know, called around, uh, trying to find a good central location in Texas. And, uh, you know, I found, uh, uh, the Sheraton Brook Hollow there in Houston and, uh, <laughs> booked the grand ballroom, got a room rate for everybody and, uh, made the dates and said, okay, guys, let's make this happen. And so, uh, we had 23 exhibitors and probably, geez, I couldn't tell you how many guys that, you know, were, that had flown in just for the event for the weekend. Uh, geez, there, there probably had to have been at least a hundred to 125, something like wow. that, I'm guessing. Um, but it was enough where the hotel bar <laughs> ran out of beer. <laughs> That sounds about uh, right. <laughs> I, I kid you not. We our group drank. You know, cycling. <laughs> go figure. Cycling, cycling and beer. No, those don't go together. Jeez, oh, who'd have thought? Uh, right? But we, we, our little group there, we we drank the hotel bar out of beer. It was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. That little group, and so I, I you know, I, I had uh, put the the word out. Uh, I can't tell you how much my phone bill was from, you know, sending faxes out because this is before I really knew technology and, you know, how to use emails per se, uh, as far as, you know, getting the word out, you know, oh, for yeah. a press release. I didn't know I could do such a thing. Uh, so I was, you know, faxing everybody. And that's you know, back when faxes were still, uh, you know, in, in, I guess, you know, used. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, so at any rate, uh, so, we ended up having like four or five news crews from Houston come down and check out what we were doing. Uh, we, we had uh, newspapers come down and check it out. And, and we ended up with about 700 people through the door. Wow. And uh, it, it was the most amazing thing that, you know, I, I really had ever been a part of. And, and, and I was like, well, the first one was a success. Let's see what happens for year number two. Let's do it again. <laughs> And so, you know, we said, let's, let's go where there's more cycling, you know, oriented people. So we decided on San Jose, California and went there and, you know, we had 95 exhibitors and, you know, about 3000 people through the door. So it was, uh, you know, all, all told, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a, a really interesting success story. I, I, I just, you know, I guess when you dream big, uh, big things happen. So that's, that's really about all I can say. It's just, it's grown. It's, you know, had, uh, some ebbs and flows, but, uh, we're going to Sacramento and we're looking to have a, a record year. And I'm, I'm really excited to be going back to my hometown. What are your attendees like? What type, what type of a person is the type of person that attends this show? Is it a, a true, you know, dyed in the wool, uh, hardcore, roadie been around since 1970s when they still wore hairnets or is it do you find you know all across the board or shops oh it's it... yeah it's 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 so broad demographic it's good it's, it's ridiculous um you know we we get a lot of uh couples a lot you know a lot of husband wives uh you know coming in and really? sometimes you know they they end up uh having a good idea on which tandem they're going to get so yeah. uh we we have the old school roadie guys We've got the uh, the younger uh, mountain bike crowd that uh, that actually is is grown beyond uh, you know their their how do I want to say this not their technology but they're they're going 
you know, I kind of like the way that so-and-so's bike looks. So I'm going to yeah. look at maybe, you know, getting one of those. So that, you know, and 29ers came out, geez, about what, 2005, 2006. Yeah. So, uh, so, Maybe it's 2007. I, I don't really recall. You know, I'm, I'm old and my memory's gone. But uh, <laughs> uh, so when, when, you know, any kind of development that really happens, I mean, it really kind of comes out at NAMS. Uh, you know, fat bikes kind of debuted at NAMS. Uh, gravel grinders kind of debuted at NAMS. You know, I mean, just whatever the, the, the future trends are starts off kind of at the show. But uh, anyhow, so you got this wide variety of people. So you got mountain bikers, you've got... Uh, endurance guys, you know, random nerves, yeah, random yeah. whatever, whatever you want. You got those guys that are coming, checking the stuff out. You've got, you know, people that have probably never even seen a handmade bike before, but are curious, you know, so they're going to go, well, they're, they're going to come and go, so what's all this about, you know, and, and they're going to see the beauty, you know, that can be a handmade bike. And, wow. you know, maybe some of those folks will, you know, be converted and, and uh, you know, be interested in, in what we do. And so it, it, it's just, just a, such a broad spectrum of, of people come to the show. It's it, it's really amazing. And your presenters are across the board too. I mean, we've got some of the some of the long diehard people names we'd probably heard in the industry for a long time, and then you've got some of the people who you used to only see in the back of Elo News. So it's kind of across the board there in yep. terms of presenters. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, what, one of my favorite <clears throat> exhibitors is is uh, is also one of my favorite frame builders. And that's uh, Roland Delasanta. I'm sure you know who yeah, he is, absolutely. right? Roland is a treasure, <laughs> and and I say that in the sense that he's he's one of the funniest people I've ever met, and, and he's also a frame builder. But he 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 just says some stuff that just it's so matter of factly. And then when you you process what he just said, you, you go, oh my god, that's so outrageous, <laughs> you know. It, he he just his delivery is great and Roland has some of the best stories in cycling ever and when I say in cycling I'm talking he's got stories about Gary Fisher when he was still a teenager <laughs> oh yeah yeah so if 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 you make it down to the show from oh. Seattle go ask Roland if anybody hears this go ask Roland about Gary Fisher and the tour of Mexico. And that's all I'm going to say. It's it trying to get across the border was it, it just the way oh, Roland God. tells the story is hysterical. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, this is a perfect segue into it. Like in terms of, you know, I, I never thought of, in fact, I, okay. more about me. I attended the, uh, the Ashland, Oregon, uh, bicycle Institute class on frame building. I, I owned a Henry James jig. I built, I think there are four frames out in the world with my name on them, and then I just nice. I, re- I realized that I I don't have this skill to do what you guys do, um, but um and but I remember one of the first things they said in that class is rule number one: never badmouth another bike builder ever. And um, I've never met another bike. I've never met a bike builder who bashes another one. But I always have, I'm curious to ask who. Example, you you could list yourself, by the way, of who you think some of the best builders around are, and what are they doing that that makes them such. Oh man, well I I wouldn't even put myself on that short list. Well, you're uh, too humble. Um, I, I you know I, I I look at my stuff, and, and and a lot of times, believe it or not, it's you know I I, I think 
some of my designs are, are great, but I, I look at, you know, some of the other guys' designs and I go, man, I'm really, really rather pedestrian compared to them, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you know, as far as, you know, great builders, if you're looking for traditional lugged Italian, yeah. Roland Delasana, go, go no further. Roland, uh, he, he's, you know, been doing it over 40 years. I own three Delasanas. Do you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the guys that is not here this year, but only because it's conflicting date for him is uh, Shinichi Kano of Cherubim in Japan. Oh, really? Uh, okay. yeah, I've, I've got one of his bikes as well. That guy has, uh, an eye for design and artistic, uh, execution that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I, you know, and, 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 and I really miss them. They've been coming to the show since, uh, I believe it was uh, Indianapolis, and this is the first year that they've missed. Um, and, and, and I and I really do miss you know having them this year because I, I enjoy the uh, the conversation. Uh, you know, because it, it always invariably goes back to bike and design. You know, we could be talking about you know uh, what's the best whiskey you've ever had. Oh well, it kind of reminds me of the spike that I built in. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it always ends up back on bikes. But uh, he's great. Uh, you know, there's oh geez. Uh, another guy, actually, I have a bike on order. Uh, I have a, uh, demon on order from England demon. and Tom Warmerdam, uh, is, is absolutely, he, he is probably right now developing into probably one of the top, I'd say top five in the world, really? uh, for, for, uh, design execution, uh, and, 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 uh, just art, artisan. He, he, he is the epitome of being an artisan. I mean, it, he, you know, artisan in the dictionary should have a picture of Tom. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if anybody's listening, you can find him at demon underscore frameworks on Instagram. And he, uh, he, he he's not just a bill. He's a friend. You know, he, he's not just a colleague. He's, he's, I consider him a close friend. Um, and, you know, he's, he's building me a bike right now that will be delivered at the show. And for the last, you know, three weeks or a month or so, um, those pictures on Instagram, you know, are getting 500, 600 likes. Uh, it's, it's just unbelievable the level of detail that he has. His shorelines, he, he fabricates all of his own lugs. Oh, man. His shorelines are so crisp um everything on this bike i mean it's 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 gorgeous it is phenomenal and i cannot wait to see this thing in person because all i've seen has just been pictures of the fabrication process and it is just beautiful oh my god you know would he would he spend an entire month making a bike just for me Maybe because it's just for me and we're good close friends, but you know, at, at some point, you know, I, I've I've got to say, you know, he's he's just he's he's outdone himself. He he's, he's yeah, it, it, it's I think it's probably the most beautiful bike he's ever made. But I'm biased because it's mine, you know. So uh, who who else can I uh, prop in here? Uh, carbon fiber. Let's talk carbon fiber. There's what? there's some extremely talented builders. Yeah, absolutely. There's some talented builders in carbon fiber, and that's their medium. Uh, Nick Crumpton out of Austin, Texas. Good friend of mine. He was at show number one uh, in, in Houston. Uh, great builder, great eye for detail, 
Uh, let's see, Calfi, another great oh, yeah. builder, been around you know for a long time doing my, carbon fiber. My folks are on Mad- a Calfi tandem. Okay, there you go. My, yeah. my uh, 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 friend up there in uh, Minneapolis, Matt Appleman, oh. doing some great work as well in, in, in carbon fiber. And these are, these are all guys that you know I, I get excited to see every year. Calfi, for whatever reason, usually has some really over the top show bikes. I mean, he, he's brought oh, yeah. stuff with you know, with bullhorns. You know that he's he's implemented into fork <laughs> blades and handlebars before. It's 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 crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, Calfi's really good at you know putting you know bringing some showstopper stuff. Let's see who else. Uh, I'm just kind of going through my head. Um, who do I really like? Jeez, uh, I'm 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 drawing well, a blank now. Don't but it's 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 been a long day. I've I've yeah. been in the shop for twelve hours. Well, so. no, don't you worry about it. And you know, before we get got, before I kind of you know let you let you go and stuff like that. I, first of all, other tell me about the people who are suddenly going. Oh my God, I want to go to this show. I mean, what does it take for somebody to get into this show? Oh, it just takes you know about twenty of your hard-earned bucks. And, oh no, uh, you can you can walk in and shake hands with some of the best builders in the world. Um, you know, see some of the most beautiful bikes. I mean, really, that's that's it. It's just, it's not that that difficult. Just show up to Sacramento, February twenty sixth through the twenty eighth. Pay pay your paltry money to get in and have the best time of your life with everybody else that's, you know, bicycle oriented and having a great time. So, somebody who can't attend the show now—that's the other demographic. What advice would you oh. give to somebody who suddenly says, "Holy crap, I'm missing out. I've been on this forever, and it's time for me to make the per- make the jump to the next step." Um, what advice would you give to the newbie at a custom bike purchase? Save up. <laughs> no, um, uh, don't no, really, ask for sponsorship. Uh, <laughs> Trying to remember that comedian that used to say that. Oh, you haven't been there. Save up. Um, but uh, it's. Uh, really, for 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 somebody that's looking to buy, um, I'd say you know, go there with a a uh, a list of people you want to like interview, talk to them, and whoever puts off the best vibe that you you really gel with, that's your that's your guy. Go with them, you know, or or gal, I should say, because there's there's a couple of those as well. But uh, go with them, you know, if if they really are, you know, if you're really interested, go for it. Uh, if you cannot attend the show, uh, man, there's going to be so much coverage that weekend. Everybody oh, and their yeah. brother's going to be posting stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, jeez, uh, bike rumors going to be there with a couple of different uh, photographers. Uh, Bicycling magazine is going to be there. I think they're sending four or five people to cover it. Um, so they're going to have stuff on their uh, their. Uh, I'm sure they'll have website oh, yeah. coverage, but they'll also have, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter stuff. Uh, my, my good friend Zap over at uh, Road Bike Action, okay. the, he's going to be there covering it. Uh, James Huang uh, will be there. He just uh, is, is leaving uh, Bike Radar and Cycling News, and he's got a new gig, and I can't, I can't remember the name of the uh, play, you know, uh, uh, company he's now going to be working for. And sorry, James, I'll, I'll, I'll get it straight next time. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll have all kinds of coverage. I follow James uh, on Twitter. You know, know there, there'll be so many different media things. Just, you just Google NAB, NABS 2016. Well, I should say NAHBS 2016. And, and, and there should be all kinds of coverage for people to check out. Um, and you know, if, if you're not there this year, save up for next year. Save up. <laughs> 
So uh, how do they now? What if they're intrigued by just this this charming guy on the other end of the line here and want to talk to you? How do they get a hold of you? Let's do it. Well, you got to do throw a plug in there. Oh well, Come on. you know, I I never really try, and that's the if thing. You don't. I, I'm I, gonna I, after we're off the air, so you know. Well, you know. okay, yeah, I I you know, and seriously, I I don't really try to plug myself, even though I exhibit at the show. Yeah, I'm I'm there, you know, purely. I'm not even in my booth anymore. I have uh, a couple of guys. Uh, uh, one of the guys actually from Seattle, my best customer. He's 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 a repeat customer by five. He's got five <laughs> of my bikes now. Matt Haldeman. So if you know if you know Matt at all, he's he's a great guy. Uh, love love having him in my booth. He's really super knowledgeable about bikes. But you know him owning five of them, he's really super knowledgeable about my bikes. And you know he he's you know he's great at dealing with people. So. Uh, and then I'll have a few other, uh, folks and friends and a couple of team riders there in, in, in the booth, you know, helping out as well. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that's it. So, I mean, I, I really don't try to plug myself, but if anybody's looking uh, or wants to go check out my website, it's, it's Don Walker If you're on Facebook, it's, uh, Facebook forward slash Don Walker cycles. I believe I have an Instagram account. Except I think it's uh, not Don Walker Cycles. It's actually D E E D U B B A Y O O. So it's kind of spelling out D W in long form, you know, kind of in a weird way. And I yeah. don't even know why I didn't have Don Walker Cycles uh, for uh, Instagram, but uh, uh, Twitter. I think I, I I'm not even sure if I even post a Twitter anymore. I, I think since I got my new phone, it wouldn't allow me to log in, so I haven't done anything with it. Screw it, right? (laughs) There are only so many. Who reads Twitter? That's for people like Donald Trump. Yeah, you got too short of an attention span if you do. Well, right on. Well, well, Don, first of all, thanks for coming on, man. It was was great to talk to a builder and, and gain that perspective. And for a lot of people out there... Who have not taken that step into that that custom made you know fits like a glove kind of a feel? I, I feel this helped get a great perspective, and I appreciate having you on. And I'm gonna start saving my money, and I'm not just kissing ass. I'm gonna start saving my money to get to the next show because this sounds like too much fun to miss. Well, it, it really is. You know, and and thanks for having me on the show. And and seriously, I mean, what a lot of people don't understand is when you get that many like minded people in one place, there's a lot of smiling going on. There's, there's, I mean, you don't see anybody in the show crying, you know, I mean, <laughs> all you see is smiles and everybody in a good mood. It, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to steal a line from Zap, uh, Espinoza from, from road bike action. I think he once phrased it, the show that everybody should go to and the show where everybody has a good time. And I'll just leave it at that. It's because they so. it's because they don't run out of beer anymore. <laughs> well, you know, since we had that problem early early on, I always warn the hotel bars. Learn from we're the coming mistakes. to town. Get extra keggage. Learn from the yeah. mistakes. Right on. Well, hey, that's it. Thanks a lot, man. It's good talking to you. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I I really had a good time. Uh, thanks for having me on. And you know, uh, yeah, uh, go right Seattle. On. Absolutely. You want a road bike now. You want a steel road bike now, don't you? You want to go to that show. You want to walk around and try and drain a hotel of all of its beer. Admit it. Okay, you don't have to. I do. I really do. Good chat with Don. 
Thanks, you guys. That's going to wrap up another episode of the podcast. Please keep the ratings coming on iTunes. I like that. It's happy. To, it makes me happy. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy in this frozen basement that I call a studio. Keep those coming. Be sure and uh, check out the links. Uh, Tour of Sufferlandria once again coming up. Thanks to Mancan. Fill up your beer. Thanks to the Sufferfest, all those guys. More stuff coming. More writers, more legends, more interviews. That seems to be what you want. And you have to deal with me, as I said, for the first 20 minutes. That's how it works. Patrick at packfiller.com is how you can get a hold of me if you dare want to. We'll talk to you guys next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.